Hey guys, it's Brooke Eagle, and we are back with another episode of the Forsyth Magazine's podcast. And today I have with me the president of the Junior League of Winston-Salem, Carrie Vickery. Hey, Carrie. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on today. So before we uh, started recording, we were talking a little bit about what we're going to talk about, and this is the 100th year of Junior League, which is so exciting. March 23rd is our actual anniversary. Yeah, so there is, I think you said, three parts to the centennial celebration. Yeah, that's exactly right. So three I wanna, big pieces. Yeah, I want to talk about all three of those. Okay. Um, well, so the three big pieces are the gala, which is coming up this weekend on mm-hmm. Saturday, and um, the community gift. And then the third piece is an exhibition, and there's really two exhibitions um, that will really showcase our history. Um, so which one do you let me talk about first? Let's just go in that order. Let's talk about the gala, and then we'll dive into the other two. Well, the gala is just a great celebration of um, the Junior League and its history and all it's done for the community and all the Junior League has done for the women that have been involved in the Junior League and their families. And so um, it's sold out, and it's which is great. Uh, what a mark of success. So that's really exciting. Um, it'll be at Forsyth Country Club this Saturday, March 25th, and it'll really just be a great, you know, opportunity to celebrate. Yeah. Um, so it also, as part of the gala, there's a champagne toast prior, which is the um, past president's champagne toast to oh, really cool. toast all of the past presidents that have, you know, given so much to the Junior League. Yeah. So how long have you been involved with the Junior League? This is my ninth active year. So I had wow. a provisional year and then I've had nine active years. So 10 years total. Yeah. So before we dive into the rest of it, I do want to kind of back up for people who may not know or may not be super familiar with the Junior League. Tell us just briefly the the elevator speech about what the Junior League is and what you guys do. Sure. So it's an organization of women started in 1923 in Winston-Salem by Katherine Reynolds Johnston, but it spans the entire world. So there's Junior Leagues in all over North Carolina, all over the country, and all over in different countries as well. And its focus is on training those women who are members of the Junior League and also providing some sort of um, community connection and community support to the community in which it serves. And every Junior League has a slightly different focus. Here in Winston-Salem, ours is on women's um, health and children's literacy. Um, But the kind of common connection across all of the Junior Leagues is that it's just women training women and while training women, also providing this this kind of community component, community service. Sometimes it's direct community service. Sometimes it looks a little bit different. Okay. So how would you go about getting involved in the Junior League if you're a local Winston-Salem lady? You would go to our website, jlws.org, and you can apply for membership. We Our league year runs from June 1 to May 31, so we're – Um, you know, getting ready to start opening right now for our new member class that would start for the 2023-2024 year. Okay. One of the really great things that um, I I like to talk about with the Junior League is that maybe you're just in Winston-Salem for a short period of time, and that's okay because, as I mentioned, it's all over the country and all over the world, and you can transfer your membership to another league. Oh, cool. And so it's a great way to meet people, you know, here in Winston-Salem, but also a great way, you know, like let's say you're here for medical school or some sort of, you know, kind of short-term, a couple of years, that's fine. One year, that's fine, too. Yeah. You can go, and then it's a great way to meet people in whatever your new city is. Yeah. So what drew you to the Junior League and made you decide to get involved nine years ago? 
Um, so meeting people, um, I've always been really interested and involved in community service, and it was a great way to kind of marry these two interests of meeting people and meeting people that, you know, had like-minded interests, mm-hmm. um, and then also like volunteering with them in a more like purposeful fashion. Yeah. I love that. Great way to, to make friends, meet people, but also help others while you're doing it. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the, we were talking about the gala. Yes. Um, and the past presidents, champagne toast. How many past presidents were you able to gather for the gala? So there's over 55 or close to 60 living past presidents. Wow. And so they would all be invited. Um, and, um, and, and, and I don't know the RSVP number for that off the top yeah, of my head. Yeah, but there's 55 or 60 that were invited. Yes. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Oh, I hope one of the, like, very oldest ones make it. That would be awesome. The oldest living past president is a little over 90, and she will be in attendance. Wow. I know. So it really, you know, is kind of, it kind of shows you, like, what a lifelong connection I hope makes. you get a picture with her. Oh, we will. <laughs> I promise we will. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Do you have your outfit all picked out for the gala yeah i do i'm excited um so it's a you know the last like big party that we had gala style was our 90th anniversary mm-hmm. oh so and, it's been 10 years yes so we have you know member socials and sometimes you bring a guest to those as well but in terms of like a big gala we haven't had one since our 90th so yeah, yeah 10 years ago that's exciting yeah and we have a lot to celebrate yeah you sure do 100 years is a, a big deal i know united way also celebrated 100 years this year yep so 1923 must have been a big a big year. It was a big year. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, okay, the gala, what is part two of the centennial celebration? So it's our community gift. So the Junior League has a history of making anniversary gifts or making gifts on our anniversaries. Some of our past anniversary gifts are things that um, I'm sure you're familiar with. The Children's Museum of Winston-Salem was part of our um, one of our anniversary gifts. Uh, the Nature Science Center, which then became SciWorks, and which, of course, now is part of Collidium, mm-hmm. was one of our anniversary gifts. There uh, it is. Yeah, I know right it's coming up there. right here in this new <laughs> building, which is cool for us because it's a merger of two of our anniversary projects all in one since the Children's Museum was one of ours as well. Um, we've done other, you know, like less brick-and-mortar type um, uh, anniversary gifts. And so this anniversary gift is a new um, endowment. That will be at the Winston-Salem Foundation. Oh, okay. And it is the Junior League of Winston-Salem Literacy and Equity Fund. Its purpose will be to provide almost like mini grants to individual schools or individual PTAs within the Winston-Salem Forsyth County school system. So this is directly tied to our mission of improving, you know, literacy here in Winston-Salem. Um, but it's also a true gift. Like we will not, those funds won't come back to the Junior League. Um, it, those funds will be, you know, for the specific purpose because it's, in, it's part of the endowment. So it's got that specific purpose. We don't get to spend that money for something else um, will be for those schools. And so when I talk about a mini grant, I'm talking about like $200, $250 for a teacher to buy XYZ thing that the school system isn't able to do. Yeah, that's fine. That's what this fund is for. And so our goal is to raise $100,000 for our 100 year anniversary. And mm-hmm. we are well on our way. Um, if people want to participate in that as well, you can also go to the Winston-Salem Foundation website and contribute from there or to our website, jlws.org, and we'll link over to the Winston-Salem Foundation to help people contribute to that fund because we want it to be a community project as well. Yeah. So, but for us, it's a real gift. You know, we are giving this away. This is something that we want to help create just as we have done with past community gift projects. So if you, so when this endowment or when it reaches $100,000, the, I'm assuming teachers can like, 
apply for these mini grants? Yep. So we're working on an application system right now, but we're not waiting till it gets to a hundred thousand to start um, to start grant making grants from it. Oh, okay. We have enough funds in it already that we have placed in from the junior league. Um, that we'll be able to start, uh, w- it will start spinning off funds for grants this summer. Very cool. Yeah. I think that's a great mission. My uh, my degree is in elementary education, and I think literacy is just such a huge issue that yes. people don't, like you're either setting yourself up for success or failure based on literacy levels. And Absolutely. And it could not be more important for so I think that's a great mission, and I'm proud of you guys for taking that on. Thank you. Thank you. teachers do not get enough extra they funds for, they don't and for buying those type of things so i think the mini grant is a little is good because it's kind of less intimidating than thinking like oh my gosh it's this huge application process to apply for this ten thousand dollar grant that yeah. a million people are applying for like nope. this this is more local i like it it's yes good. and i think it's also important to distinguish that this is not a gift to the school system this is individual schools it could also be individual ptas mm-hmm. and so we are really working on we, our goal is really to make that a grassroots, you know, locally embedded grant program. So any Winston-Salem Forsyth County school or teacher at those schools or Correct. PTA can apply for Correct. these mini exactly. And we're also working to make the application process really easy. We don't want that to be a barrier to getting this grant. Yeah. And so we've had um, talks with the foundation about what's the best way to accomplish that. Some of the ideas that came about were making the application basically a video interview, which oh. is pretty cool. Like, you know, you just kind of like hold up your phone and do like a little selfie video and send it in so that we don't want it to be an intimidating process that detracts people from applying. Yeah, that's such a good point. Because I think even same with like scholarships, I think a Mm -hmm. lot of people, um, students are discouraged from applying for scholarships because they're like, nope, it's too hard. Yes. (laughs) It scares me. It's too intimidating. Exactly. Exactly. We don't want that. We don't want that to be a barrier. Well, that's exciting. So Okay, part three is the exhibition. Yes, and so there's actually two exhibitions. The first one I want to talk about is going to open um, this like within at the end by the end of the month, and it will be on the Lake Porch at Renolda House. Oh, so the Lake Porch, if you're if you're somewhat familiar with Renolda House, is the kind of half circular room, and it looks over looks out onto Lake Catherine, hence the name the Lake Porch. And um, the um, curators at Renolda House believe that this is where Catherine Reynolds Johnston hosted her 40 friends to discuss and and ultimately come up with the idea of of creating the Junior League of Winston-Salem. And so it will open and it will be an exhibition to showcase the history of the Junior League and how that's connected to Catherine Reynolds Johnston. Um, And so that, and it will run through the remainder of the year. Oh, cool. So that's really exciting to us, you know, to really showcase that connection and, and, and be right where we started. Yeah. So anybody who visits the Reynolds House, you can check out that exhibition. Exactly. Very cool. And then we'll also have a second exhibition, which will be on the second floor of the Central Library outside of the Carolina Room, which is like where they house the North Carolina history and is actually where the um, Junior League of Winston-Salem's archives are held. They're held by the library for us. Um, And it will be outside. It will open in the fall. And that exhibition will be a little bit more focused on um, the contributions the Junior League has made to the local community and not as much on its connection to Katherine Reynolds Johnson. So they're a little different. Uh, There will be certainly some overlap, um, but they're also in two different locations, which is kind of neat as well. So it really showcases, you know, our history that we're so proud of. Yeah, as Um, you should be. That's very cool. So when you think back over the last nine years that you've been involved with the Junior League of Winston-Salem, what is a story or maybe two stories that comes to mind as like being just the most memorable or the most heartwarming um, that w- with your involvement at the Junior League? 
So one of my placements, um, when one year, so each year that you're in the league, you have a placement, and um, that kind of refers to where your volunteer time is devoted to do for that league cho- year. Do you get assigned, or you get a choice in that, or how does that work? It's a little combination of both. You okay. May, you, but we have um, almost a thousand members within the junior league. Um, some of those are of Winston Salem. Yes. Wow. So um, I did not know that. Yeah. So we have um, some of those are sustainers. So women who have contributed ten years of service, and then they're able to take a kind of a more backseat role where they don't have as many requirements um, for each league year. We have you know provisional members. So you do one year as a provisional member, and then we have active members. Okay. So as an active member, you have a placement. Um, and so, but the total membership is just around a thousand. How many active? Members, um, it's about 200 to 250. Okay, wow, that's a big group, it is right. So, um, and you know, look, look what women can do, it's kind of amazing, yeah. yeah. Um, but one year, one of my my placement was uh to work at Goler Garden, which is a garden um started by Wake Forest through the Goler CDC, and it's um it's located at MLK and 7th Street, it's kind of like right there on the corner, and you might see it if you're headed towards 52 that way. Um, it's in the parking lot and connected to the downtown health plaza, which is a Wake Forest practice that provides um, health services on a sliding scale um, to, to, to families. And th- one year I was working in the garden and I was um, harvesting produce. And when you're done with harvesting the produce, you take it inside the downtown health plaza because they have coolers in there. Um, and then the, the, pl- the produce goes to families that are getting services from the health plaza. And I was taking in like green beans or maybe broccoli or something, like something very unexciting. To me, it was unexciting. Yeah. And this little boy was coming down the hall and he got so excited because he was going to get, I was taking them to like almost like a rolling cart where then they get to pick up produce that they want to take. And it was exciting to me that he was excited. Yeah. I was not excited about harvesting the produce. I was not excited about, I mean, I was excited about harvesting produce. But I wasn't as excited about green beans the way that he was. Yeah. And so to see, you know, be able to really see this like tangible response to something that I was doing mm-hmm. that I didn't think was that big of a deal um, really made a difference to me. Yeah. And that was something I got to do through the Junior League. That's awesome. Because a lot of times with some with some facets of volunteer work, you don't get to see that part of it. Yes. You know? And so with that one, you're able to see immediate results. Yeah. And you don't necessarily see that every day because it's not, it just kind of happened that I was taking it in right at the right time that this little boy was coming down the hall and he knew that this cart was, you know, to be able to get vegetables. Oh, that's so cool. And so that's a story that always sticks out to me as something, you know, just really great that I've been able to do. Yeah. So what are some of the other, I'm just curious, the other like placement um, options that you guys have? Sure. So we also have... Um, Kids in the Kitchen, which um, partners. Oh, I've heard of that. Yeah. It partners with Hope, um, mm-hmm. which is the a lo- another no- local nonprofit that stands for Help Our People Eat, um, and we help um, create the lunches that go out, as well as baking the goods that go into the lunches that go out. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have um, those are what I would call. We also have a few placements that we would call signature placements, so they're ones we have created, as opposed to where we're partnering with another nonprofit. Um, one of those is called Strong Women, Strong Families. It's a, um, a health fair program where we produce a health fair, we create a health fair, and we put it on inside of a Title I school. And so it happens at the school. And the premise behind it is that if you don't, that so many families are headed by women, that they're the head of household, and women are really good at taking care of other people and not always the best at taking care of themselves. And so... 
Um, what happens at the health fair is we basically split the parents or the guardians or the caretakers of the kids from the kids. And we send the parents or the guardians to the media center usually, and they receive all kinds of different information in clinics. So we usually have um, the uh, Wait for School of Medicine D clinic on site. So they're able to provide some like health services on site. We have an expungement clinic on site. We have sometimes a dental clinic on site. We have mammograms on site. So we, and each fair is a little bit different in terms of who the providers are. While the caretakers are in the media center getting this, you know, kind of information and attention, we send the kids to the gym and we entertain them. We have a bounce house. We have face painters. And then after that part is done, we bring them back together and we feed them. Oh, that's so cool. How often does, does that happen? We do three to four health fairs a year. Wow. At different schools. That's awesome. And so we've, you know, really come into this kind of niche idea of doing it at a Title I school um, because we're able to get the most parent involvement there. And also yeah. it seems like that's where the most need is. Yeah. We also do raffles during the health fair. So we raffle off bikes and helmets for the kids. We usually raffle off a crock pot for adults. There's like a... Oh, that's a great idea. ...goodie bag that they get to take home um, that's got like various other things in it as well. Very cool. So you can kind of, like you said, it's a combination of both. So you can kind of choose placements that most interest you, but mm-hmm. then also kind of where you're needed. Exactly. Which would be kind of cool. I can see both sides. Like to be put out of your comfort zone, I think is good. Yes. Um, but also to be something, doing something that you're passionate about also good. So. Yeah. And it's really, you know, that's kind of the training piece that comes into it is that there's all kinds of things that I have learned by being with by being in the junior league. Yeah. Um, and you know, maybe you're a healthcare professional and you're also in the junior league. And so you want to be in the health, you want to be associated with the health fairs because that's your comfort zone. Or maybe you do something totally different and you get to learn about all kinds of different things related to health fairs. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty massive scale operations. And so that's not necessarily something that you get to do in your job, but it's a whole new skill set that you get to learn. Yeah. And so you really do get to choose. We also have what we call in-league placements. So it's like literally the running of the junior league. Um, and so be- because it's a volunteer organization, we have small a small amount of paid staff. The rest of the work and the yeoman's work is really done by league members. Yeah. So the financials, you know, running of the headquarters, all of that. Um, and so those are also skills that you can pick up. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. So what's something that you that's that just jumps out at you that you've learned or learned or a way that you've grown this year being president of the junior league? Um, it's a big organization. You know, I mean, talking about the numbers and um, and it's, it's really like running almost like a small business. Yeah, I had no idea it was that big. To Like, I, I knew it was big across the world. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize that Winston-Salem was that large. That's crazy and so it's like it's like running a small business i mean we have uh we have real estate we have a headquarters we have staff we have you know all of these projects that we put on and we have a budget and we so running all of that and kind of overseeing all of that is a is a lot yeah i can't cannot imagine it's like running a big business because i run a small business and we don't have anywhere close to 250 to a thousand employees that we're that we're managing uh yeah so and you know sometimes everybody is happy and sometimes people aren't happy. And so dealing with that, they're not happy. They come to you. They do. (laughs) They do. And so, you know, you learn all kinds of kind of soft skills with that, you know, like a little bit of customer service and a little bit of problem solving, a lot of financials. And, and, and so that's a lot, Yeah. you know, you go through just all the working that you do in a nonprofit, you know, you go through an audit and doing your tax returns. And I mean, 
there's a lot, you know, of kind of behind the scenes work that perhaps you don't really appreciate. Oh yeah. No, I appreciate it. (laughs) You do. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people do not, um, they don't, they don't understand until they're involved with it. Yes. Um, so what is the particular, I'm sure there's not like an age limit, but what is like the age range that of ladies that join the junior league? People join the junior league at all different kinds of ages, you know, so some people join, um, you know, like after college. So they're in their early twenties. Some people join when they're 40. Mm -hmm. Some people join later. So it really just depends, you know. And then, of course, even once you're no longer an active member, you you have this membership for the rest of your life. So we have members that are in their 90s, you know. So it really runs a wide gamut. And it's just the women that are in the junior league are so impressive to me. I mean, it it certainly – and and certainly in 1923 would have been very much ladies who lunch – yeah. You know, and who were looking for ways to give back, which is great. But the league now is is by and large working women who work full time jobs and they work in all kinds of industries here in the city, um, you know, from healthcare professionals to stay at home moms to leaders of businesses. And so just being able to network with so many different women is really amazing. So so the age range is very broad. Yeah. That's good to know. I, for some reason, I'm sure it's a misconception that you guys have that it is kind of a specific like 20s and 30s woman. But it's good to know that really any age can any age can join. Absolutely, because you and can learn so much from women of all different ages. Yes. Yeah. You absolutely can. Lots of value in that. Absolutely. So you said you guys have socials. Um, the like the big gala celebrations are only for the big milestones. Mm-hmm. But what are some other kind of events that you guys put together or do if you were a member what what could you expect to see throughout the year so we have um, what we call general membership meetings and we have three or four of those a year um, and those are all of the active and all of the new members that um, that go to these meetings um, and they're held at different locations um, our last one was at um, Ronalda like at the barn at Ronalda Village oh, and yeah. we had the ginger fox who does like cocktails uh-huh. come and do um, cocktails and, and then we, I think we had yamas for like appetizers and dinner very cool um, but that's then we, a beautiful venue and so that's a kind of a combination of like a business meeting and a social combined yeah. together because we had the social hour um, and then we had the business meeting but we also have another social coming up which is just ginger fox teaching a cocktail class very so cool. that's just social, you know, yeah. so there's combinations of social and business and there's just business. There's just social. Um, so there's a lot of different opportunities, you know, and then there's smaller like makeups that you get to do of social activities as well. Yeah. So like you mentioned before, if you were interested in applying to be a part of the junior league, you can just go on your website. Yes. JLWS. Um, when is the so you said the year starts June? June 1st. Yep. But our application process is opening now. Okay. And and so people can apply now to join the new member class for the 2023-2024 year. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Well, I learned so much. Good. And it's so exciting that you guys are celebrating 100 years. That is like something to be super, super proud of. Thank you. We're excited as well. Yeah. And I'll be at the gala this weekend. I'm excited. Awesome. Wonderful. What fun. are you wearing? Uh, TBD. Okay. <laughs> I had a huge event on this past Monday, and I was like, oh, my gosh, this is on this is on Saturday. i got to get this figured out. Yeah. So maybe this afternoon I will go shopping. Okay. We'll <laughs> I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming on, and yeah. I hope that if you're listening and interested in pot- potentially joining the Junior League, um, that you will submit an application and join some great ladies doing some great things. 
And as always, you can find Forsyth Magazines online, ForsythMags.com, and on social media at ForsythMags. And that is a wrap for today. The views and opinions stated on this podcast are solely those of the contributors and not necessarily those of our distributors or hosting companies. This podcast is copyrighted and cannot be reproduced without expressed written consent of Forsyth Magazines Incorporated. Ooh, that's a mouthful.